Shooters Connection offers products for competition shooters by competition shooters. With over 80 years of combined competition shooting experience, Shooters Connection is staffed by master and grandmaster shooters who live the shooting sports every day. Every day. We offer same-day shipping. Shooters Connection also sponsors over 100 of your matches every single year. So when it comes to finding everything you need to compete as a beginner or a seasoned grandmaster, Shooters Connection is the only name you need to know. Online at ShootersConnectionStore.com. Welcome back. This is The Hit Factor with Jeff and Jeremy. And joining us, Mr. Potato from Maine is once again back with us. Did you comb your hair tonight, Potato? I cut my hair. Well, I didn't, but somebody cut yeah. the, cut my hair for me. Oh, okay. I, I thought it was different. Just, I, I thought, back. yeah, I, you know, I wasn't sure what he had going on. Uh, you know, I just thought he's trying to just make himself look better for the podcast, you know? <laughs> That's what about I six months since I had a haircut and my son came home with a haircut. And I was like, oh, wow. Okay. I should probably do something about that. <laughs> how old is your son 10 10 so so right now my son is four and a half and basically every time he gets a haircut it's like he ages six months right it's like and then he stays the same way he stays the same age. then you get a haircut and he ages is how does that keep going as they get older i think it goes over like uh onto the other side where they get a haircut and they look younger oh okay is this because his because at ten he already has a beard like his dad, and so it, like he has to shave his beard off? He, he's planning on having a beard, but he's uh, <laughs> he's not there yet. Oh, okay. He's planning on it. <laughs> so I'm gonna have a big beard. Okay, okay. You do that, buddy. <laughs> That's good. Start now. Uh, Jeff, we have speaking of hair. Um, it has been a, a, a few a weeks or a month or two since we've had a, a follicle check. And right, uh, let's, go, let's go. It's. I, I'm not sure what we're going to have going I, on here. Yeah, I haven't been terribly consistent with my, with some of the routine. Like I always do something, but I don't always do all the things that I was planning on doing. So. There you go. I. uh I'm not, bro. I'm not seeing it. I don't, I don't think you're like, you know, you have a good workout philosophy and like the philosophy is, is wake up and at least do something. Yeah. I'm not sure if that, I'm not sure if that philosophy uh, transfers over to hair follicle growth whenever it yeah. looks like a cue ball. It doesn't look like a cue ball. Uh, it's pretty shiny. But you know we still got like seven months to go, right? Is that the is that the deadline? Six months. Yeah, I was like gonna do it all year. I was gonna do it all year. Committed to a year of it. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, so you I'm, got roughly like, six and a half months. Yeah, we're only like two or three months in. So it is what it is. I try to. Be okay. And you're three months from your foot race. Yeah. Yeah. August. That's gonna be rough. Area dude. three. <laughs> That's gonna be rough. Second weekend of August. Uh, <clears throat> sorry, I'm choking on water. Um, I haven't done any speed training uh, in a while. I'm still not too worried about it. 
uh, to be completely honest. But Jeff has Jeff has cut down. Like his weight is down. Yeah. Are you are you down into the one eighties consistently, or was it just kind of like one day you got into the one eighties? No, I'm like hovering in the the low one nineties, and then I'll occasionally hit like one eighty nine. So that's not really trying very hard. It's just eating less junk. When does your speed workouts, when do they start? Oh, dude, I don't know. I'm just trying to run like three times a week. Just trying to get on my feet. That's that's pretty much all I'm doing. Like I try to do a longer run of some kind on the weekend. And then I do like, a, I try to do a short run with some core work. And then I do like a, a medium run. So that's what I'm doing right now. Having issues, and I always have issues with my calves, dude. Like any time I've ever tried to run, my calves get so tight, and they get knots and stuff in them. It's tough. So I'm trying to figure out how to solve that. That's just starting a to roller kind of guy. Yeah, yeah, dude. I'm I'm rolling. I'm stretching. I'm massaging. I got some like CBD cream. I'm trying everything to get those calves to, to loosen up and be less painful. I, I just yeah. rock outside and start running. Yeah. Yeah. This, like my calves have always been an issue. They get so tight. They like lock up almost. Huh? Yeah. Hey, I got a question for you. When you're working in your shop, like working on guns, do you sit down? Uh, it's, it's kind of half and half depends on, depends on what I'm doing. I probably spend more time on my feet than I do sitting. Mm -hmm. Cause like at the mill, I'm standing up my vice. Most of the time, if I have like a part in a vice that I'm, I'm filing on, then I'm standing cause the, the height yeah. that it's at and stuff. Uh, but then if I'm at just the bench, um, where I don't actually need the vice, then, then I'm sitting down usually. So it's kind of. Probably sixty gotcha. forty or so. I don't I don't pay that much attention to it, but yeah. Hmm. I was just curious because I've been trying to stand up more. Because yeah, I mentioned that before. Just trying to stand up more, and I was curious what your days normally looked like. Because I feel like the matches we've shot together, usually by the end of it, like I'm way more gassed than you are usually. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, it's pretty rare that I feel like fatigued at the end of a match, even if it's an all-day thing. Really, dude? I am gassed at the end of matches. Really? You, really? Physically? Yeah, like I'm done. Maybe you try a lot harder inside the stages than me, but <laughs> I, I really like. I walk off like ten stages, and I feel mentally fatigued. But physically, it's like, yeah, I could go for a run. Yeah. I could go do my workout right now. Honestly, I could, like, go shoot drills. It's like some of the best practices of my life have been after a local match. I'll shoot five stages. I won't like what's happening. I'll go hit the range, and I will just run myself ragged for, for a couple hours. I, I could, after a local that, you know, shoots till noon or 1 o'clock. I'm talking about, like, a 10, 12-stage match. I could after yeah. that. Honestly, I shot a second match after an area match in a single day. I went and shot an outlaw match that night. And yeah. 
I had a great time. Totally focused, total freedom. Uh, I wish I could always do that. It's like you shoot an area match, and you kind of you do what you actually do. Then you go and you shoot an indoor outlaw match against a bunch of people who don't know you. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you feel a lot better about yourself. Right, yeah. So why do you have such good stamina? Me? Like, what do you, yeah, what do you attribute that to? Oh, I have an answer, but I want to hear potatoes first. <laughs> uh, I bet I know what yours is. Nervous energy, and so I don't sit still. Like, I'm walking pretty it? tight. Well, I, I move a lot every day, like a lot. And I work like a sit-down desk job, and I'm up and moving, and I invent excuses to move, and I take all my calls walking in circles. Yeah. And, uh, hmm. and I've always been a, a runner. Are you ADD? Not a very fast runner. Hmm. Just, just a little. Just a small amount of ADD? Just, just, just a small. <laughs> yeah. I can. I mean, I could. I could see that. I, I mean, I think you use it well for the most. You use it to be productive, which is good. But yeah, yeah. I, Jeff, I just I'm hearing one person who uh, is strong and like manly and like they don't whine a lot, and then I'm hearing another person yeah. who doesn't seem to exhibit those those qualities yeah. quite as often. Hey, I don't know, Jeff. Actual I, shooting performances. Yeah, while we're talking about this, I got something I want to show you guys. This this was uh, <laughs> this from the Ozarks Classic here. They just Does it say you won? It says hard to read. Single stack, single stack overall first place. Jeremy was shooting that match, by the way. Oh, was he in single stack? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah, it cool must looking. be. It must imagine if Jeff actually had to like drive and like handle any sort of accommodations or anything like that before one of these matches. If he's getting tired just getting through the match, you know, if he had to actually do that. Yeah. Well, I got to give you some sort of excuse, Jeremy. I, I mean, like, yeah, like you, you shot better. That that still, that still doesn't like totally negate the kind of the sissy. The sissy part that's coming out <laughs> at this point. But maybe that's just but, Oklahoma. Yeah. You know, I don't know. People are like they grow up different in Oklahoma. No, I mean it's definitely me. Like I get I get tired. Oh, Jeff Rose. I don't know what I don't know what it is. All right, Jeff's frozen, but we got potato here. Okay. Uh power rankings just came out. And power rankings have changed in that I in previous, it has just been basically me uh, and whatever my opinion was for the power rankings. And for this time, I added Potato on to make this a committee power ranking, even though it's a only a committee of two. Uh, that's where we're at right now. We may we may add more to it in the future. Uh, it just kind of depends on if I find somebody who is pays enough attention to the sport. And then they also seem to have a decent understanding of who's good and what it takes to be good. And part of that, like I do get feedback on these power rankings and some of the stuff that people say, like I, it makes me just discredit uh, a lot of what I would, I would want to see what their whole list is based on some of the comments that I get on some things. Uh, so, but potato generally, I, I agree with, although he has one, on his list that I, I 
I don't agree with, but that's okay. Uh, so the power rankings, we, we did a top 12 instead of just top 10 because we had, since we had an extra voice, uh, it kind of made that a little bit easier, but we do have some shakeups to what, to where it started at in the beginning of the year. Uh, and you can go on to our, our Instagram and you can see like what we started the year with the power rankings. I'm not going to go over those, but as of right now, so this is, this is, uh, we're at May 15th right now as we're recording this. Uh, this is our power rankings. Number one, Jacob Hetherington, uh, unseated Nils. Uh, Nils is number two. And then Max made a big jump from my initial power rankings. Max jumped up to number three. And Christian Seiler's down to four. Mason Lane is fifth. Sal Luna is sixth. And JJ Ricaza is seventh. On, I think, virtually every power rankings I've had, it's been that same top seven. Uh, like the top seven is just like those are the seven best shooters in the sport currently. And on my list and on Potato's list, we're, our top seven were the same top seven people. Uh, while there, you know, there may have the orders were different, there was the same top seven people. Uh, so then going on, a uh, newcomer to the list is Gianni Giordano uh, at eight. John Browning also, I think this is his first time on the list at number nine. Scott Brown is is back there at 10. We have Aaron Eddins at 11th and John Vliger at 12th. So how we how we ended up with our, to get our final order, what, what Potato and I did is I came up with a list of top 15, just kind of who I thought the current top 15 best shooters in USPSA based on historical and more precedence on on uh recent performance but historical precedence does matter too uh so i came up with the top 15 and potato did the same and what we did basically is on each one of our lists whoever got first got 15 points whoever got second got 14 points so on and so on to whoever's 15th they got one point and then i just added the point totals for each of our lists and whoever had the most was in first and, and second and, and so on. Uh, so. Mm, okay. Jeff, is our list crazy? Mm. No, I don't think it's crazy. You, you have any disagreements? I'm scrolling back to it here. Okay, so Jacob, Nils, Max, Christian, Mason, Sal, JJ, Gianni, Browning, Scott, Edmonds, Flagger. I mean, nothing like jumps out at me, really. I mean, what does? Who does? Nothing. Nothing really jumps out to me, honestly. I mean, I see. I would think like my initial reaction is like, oh, Christian should be higher, but he hasn't really shot any matches, so. Um, yeah, I think there's a natural decay that happens with even um, phenomenal yeah. shooters. If they're not shooting, how can we rank their current power? Yeah. Yeah, I think that, I mean, that was, you know, I, I would assume uh, if Christian sees this, uh, I mean, I tagged him, so I assume he will. He's seen him in the past. Uh, that he won't, he won't love being fourth. Like, he's probably going to be pretty upset about that. But he hasn't that I've seen there hasn't, he hasn't shot a major USPSA match 
yet this year. Uh, so mm-hmm. he's, I mean, honestly, like he's, he's only fourth based on historical performance, uh, which maybe that's, maybe that's being too generous, but I think he's, if he did show up to a match, he's going to be really, really good. So, uh, yeah, I thought fourth was, was fine. Um, potato did after like, you know, cause this list isn't exactly what yours list or exactly what mine, were there any, uh, kind of surprises and how it, how it shook out? Um, so we mentioned this earlier, but I think it was our five to eight were identical as well. So not only do we have the same names, one to seven, just in different orders, but our sort of five to eight were the same order. I mean, we generated these lists independently. And so I think we're probably looking at similar things. And so multi-division threats like that automatically moves someone higher, someone who can, who could win in any division but recently has come in third or fourth in three different divisions. I mean, I think higher of that person than someone who's come in second in the same division for the last several majors. Um, I don't, I don't see any surprises. I kind of think we're in a blessed moment where there's a lot of talent uh, Mm -hmm. contesting big matches and there's people who can win um, all throughout this list. However, in any match where one of these 12 names is in that division, I think you're going to be hard-pressed to find somebody else winning it. Yeah. That's how I kind of think about the power ranking. Yeah. And our, you know, our top 12, like, so these, these top 12, actually, our names were all the same for the top 12. Uh, our names for 13, 14, and 15 were actually all different. Uh but our names for the top 12 were all the same. So there was actually a kind of a big uh, point gap going from 12 to 13. So even though I had already decided we we're going to stop at 12, it, it made sense to, to kind of stop at 12. Um, you know, uh, I had Jacob first in my list and you had Jacob second. Uh, you had Nils first and I actually had Nils uh th- Third. Mathematically, you had Nils third. That's that's the only way to get to twenty eight. If I if I gave him fifteen. Yeah, I had Nils. I had Nils third. Uh, is that right? Yeah, that's correct. I'm looking at it. Um, and so basically, what it what that was, uh, uh, it was real simple. I mean, as as great as Nils is, uh, and historically, you know. He's great, but Dragons Cup and Area Six were our two biggest, I and mean, those are the two biggest matches we've had recently, and really the two biggest matches of the year so far, as far as USPSA is concerned. I, I'm personally not uh, equating Steel Challenge into this. Uh, I wasn't factoring it. Um, so, but Nils was third at Dragons Cup, or no, he was fourth, right? I think he was fourth at, at Dragons Cup, so he he didn't win there. Max won that match, and at Area Six, uh, Jacob won Area Six, and and Nils was second there. So I had two people that had beaten Nils, uh, and he hasn't won, you know, in CO in the he you know he won Western States uh, earlier. Um, as far as the big matches with with lots of competition, he didn't win he didn't win any of the two recent ones. So 
I went ahead and dropped Nils down to third uh, for that. I I just thought Nils's performance at Dragon's Cup was so good that like he deserved a big bump there. You meant Max, sorry. Max's performance at Dragon's Cup. Yes, I'm sorry. And and this is not a excuse for anyone. And people win matches on the first day all the time. But Max shot Area Six before anybody else. And it, when I look at his stage by stage performance, he didn't make mistakes. Mm-hmm. So it looks like he shot a pretty conservative, in control match, which was good enough for ninety eight percent of the eventual right. winner. And the two people chasing him knew what they had to beat. Every right. time they walked onto a stage, they knew what the what the factor was. Yeah. And, and in the end, Jacob won half the stages in the match. Right. Uh, you know, okay, so yeah, talking about Jacob, uh, if Nils is going to be dethroned as kind of the de facto number one, like Jacob's the guy I think most capable of doing that. Like if somebody's going to walk into a match – and really kind of destroy it. Uh, Jacob probably has more potential for that. Maybe than almost anybody in the sport. I don't know if anybody has the ability like to totally dominate uh, like Jacob can. And he doesn't do that every match, but when he does, there's almost nobody catching him. And everybody's talking about it when he does it too. Is, is what I, that's, that's my sense of it. And, and so yeah, I think Jacobs deserve it to be number one, and and Max, you know, you talk about Max shooting first and shooting like all like actually that's better for Max. Like I think he would actually prefer that to not know what other people have shot, and I think Jacob and Nils, the guys that beat him at Area Six, they probably and then I don't, I'm not talking to them specifically, but I they would probably rather know what they need to to beat. Um, and that's just kind of a, a personal preference, but I think that that probably played into Max's favor just to, to be able to shoot Max's game and not have to worry about anything else. Uh, Mason and Nils and Jacob shot uh, opposite schedules. And so right. uh, they shot opposite zones. So they also knew what both of them had done going into their second day. Yeah. So the second from, day from they were strategy. There was a lot of, a lot of layers there. Yeah. Yeah. And you could see, I mean, Nils posted videos of him shooting and you could see, like, he knew he was trying to catch Mason. You could see him pressing more than you see Nils normally press on a stage. You could see him kind of trying to make up those 30 to 40 points uh, on the last couple stages that he was trying to, trying to make up. Uh, Mason, Mason moved up a few spots. Uh, We both had him at fifth and, I mean, Mason's shooting really well. Uh, you know, that's that top four is going to be tough. And you know, if he had shot area six, may, he maybe he would have had a chance. I think he could have had a really good chance to win, as well as he shot at Dragons, um, Dragons Cup. So uh, that's to be for Mason to be fifth. Like that's really not a slight on Mason. It looks like oh man, he's all the way down at fifth. It's like man, where do else do we squeeze you in up here? Because same with Sal in six. Sal has been dominating production um, this year so far. Uh, we'll we'll just see. He shot CO Nats last year, and so I'm curious if he's going to shoot CO Nats this year. He did the year before as well. So he did in 21 and 22. Okay. So he's done it the last two years. So you would think he's going to. Uh, JJ's. J- this JJ's probably will probably not love this list either. Uh, being 
being that's as low as he's been, I think, on this list. Uh, so JJ probably won't love that. Uh, he didn't have a great Dragon's Cup. I mean, he was still over 95%, I think. But, but yeah, uh, just not there. Uh, and then, you know, we both had Gianni at eight. Gianni had a really fantastic Dragon's Cup. Uh, he, he did shoot really well. Infinity, which I, I think Potato probably factored Infinity maybe a little bit more than more than I did. I didn't really look at Infinity that match a whole lot. But just dra- his performance at Dragon's Cup was really good. Uh, so at Infinity, he was eight points off Siler shooting a slide ride. And I don't know if I've ever seen Gianni in the results shooting a slide ride dot. Hmm. Uh, not, no sort of slide ride that I know of. I mean, no, I know he has shot open some. Like, I'm pretty sure he shot some open. But uh, not... Not CO, uh, which was which was his option before this. So since he shoots for infinity, uh, you wouldn't think he'd be shooting it too much CO. At least he used to. I don't, I don't know if he's still currently shooting for infinity. But I know he, he was. Um, yeah. So I, I factored that in for the same reason of, um, and my understanding is he had shot an open in the past, but it demonstrated an ability to pick up a different division and be extremely competitive. Um, yeah. On, on short notice. Yeah. No, I mean, to, to pick up and learn a dot and shoot it to the level of a guy that shoots nothing but a dot, pretty much, uh, that's that shows uh, a v- very quick learning curve. Uh, a lot of people – some people can do that. A lot of people cannot. Um, and then our only tie, I was surprised, our only tie on this list was John Browning and Scott Brown. And – I broke the tie uh, just simply because John Browning was ahead of Scott at Dragon's Cup. That was just simple. Uh, I think I had John a place higher than uh, than Potato did on his list, and so uh, so I just put I put John up higher. So John and Scott both shot well. Aaron Eddins uh, one Dragon's. Yeah, one Dragon's Cup, uh, and he was second at Area 6. Uh, really, really tight second place at Area 6. And then John Vlager has, I mean, he's just been a perennial, uh, really consistent perennial guy that I think we both had in 12th place. Um, and then the others receiving votes, uh, I had Brian Jones, Potato had Tom Castro, I had Miriam Brantley. Uh, Potato had uh, Sourland. What is uh, I forgot Sourland. Joey first Joseph name. Sourland. Yeah, Joey yeah. Sourland. Joey Sourland. Uh, then I had. We'll all know his name in a year. Yeah, seems like he's really like he's really on the up and up. Uh, so I'm actually really happy to have these adding uh, these others receiving votes. I'm kind of happy to have that because it kind of gives a little bit of recognition. Maybe some people coming up, people that names that other people don't know uh, or recognize as quickly. They can kind of start seeing those. Uh, and then Brennan Conaway. Honestly, I don't know a lot about Brennan Conaway. Uh, I mean, he just won Area 6 so and beat some – I mean, he beat Aaron. He beat uh, Tilly. Chris Tilly. Uh, was there – I'm trying to think who the other 
who the who the fourth place open shooter was. Uh, so I mean, he he beat some really good shooters, uh, and so I I had him at fifteenth on my list, and then Potato had Justine Williams at fifteenth on his list. And I and I put Justine there because of the divisions, and because of the finish at Western States. I believe okay. she was second behind Nils. She was second. Uh, I I don't think uh, Justine is is a fantastic shooter. She, she beat me at Western States. Uh, like she, like uh, like I'm not like she's she's she unbelievably beat me at good. Nationals. She's by, right. She's two match points. She is unbelievably good. Uh, but she was second at Western States. That's middle of the winter. There's nobody practicing for that match, and that was less than ninety percent uh, of Nils. So Neil, I mean Nils, nobody was within ten percent of Nils at that but match. That, but that was true at single stack nationals, other than the Dave Svigny exception last year. Well, as well. true. Uh, I mean, but so like, like being ten percent off Nils for the single stack gun is everybody shooting single stack, not named Dave Svigny. Well, the last that's, three single stacks. Matches each shot. That's uh, that's not untrue there. Um, but like I, I, I mean, so that would put her ahead of uh, Brian Jones and Miriam Brantley of Brennan Conaway. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that makes sense. I, I agree with you there. And it, and I was trying also really hard to get out of my carry optics bubble because mm-hmm. I can name another ten names in carry optics who I think if they picked up a iron sighted gun or an open gun they would be competing with a lot of the names on this list but they haven't and it's sort of such a deep pool right now that it can be hard for the sort of next tier down of carry optic shooters to even um emerge yeah i mean that's the you know carry optics is so deep you can go down to 10th place or something like that and carry optics at a match that jacob's winning or Nils is winning or max is winning and they're still in the like the 93 percentile right 94 percentile they are not like there is not a huge gap there uh one guy that i really wanted to bump up onto the list was jeff's jeff's boy uh jared clanton uh he had a really great dragon's cup but then he shot area six and he was he was really off the pace at area six uh, much more so than Mm than at uh dragon's cup and so you know if for somebody trying to break in like you kind of need a little bit more consistency than that and so he just didn't have it you, you know it's kind of surprising neither of us we didn't have casey Yusubio was not on either of our list uh shane coley wasn't on either of our list i haven't seen a, res- a match result from casey other than steel challenge so far this year so yeah, i haven't seen him shoot in 2023 so i can't really yes yeah. right I, I agree there. Uh, so he just hasn't shot. And then Shane has, Shane was at area six uh, and ha- had an okay match, but, but not, not a guy that looks like he's ready to win a national championship based off that match. Uh, and that's Shane. I mean, Shane's, Shane's kind of, he goes hot and cold, maybe more than any of the other, other top guys. Um in my opinion, he, he really kind of he also shoots more matches than almost anybody who's a top yeah. shooter. Yeah. He has one of the I mean there's a couple other people like that, but he's up there in terms of total matches shot. I mean Nils after Nils after signing with Canik, he sh- shoots probably the most matches of anybody. Yep. Um yeah. but 
Yeah, Shane or, Shane also shoots a lot of matches. But those are the power rankings. Uh, I, I love being able to talk about it, uh, putting that out there. Um, if you guys disagree, you think think we have some big big oversights, let us know. Like I actually do, because there there are names that I don't know. Like I, I I'm having to look some of this stuff up, and like I hadn't seen those. So what did they do at nationals last year? What did they? You know, luckily the competitor app allows you to easily kind of see somebody's results. Um, but if we've missed somebody, let us know. And, and what I love about when you brought this on last year with the power rankings is it wasn't a prediction of who's going to win nationals. It's right. a snapshot in time. Like at this moment today, if you've got to name 10 or 12 of the most dominant shooters, who are they and why? Yeah. And that's not, that doesn't mean that they're going to win the next match they shoot. But it right. does mean that sort of anyone who's on this list could win any match yeah. they shoot. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's a little bit confusing for some people as far as like the parameters of like, well, what are you, how are you weighting this? Right. Like, do you, you know, as Potatoes talked about, like, does somebody get more credit because they shoot multiple divisions? Uh, I mean, that somewhat weighs into it, uh, certainly. Like, this it, is USPSA power rankings, not open power rankings. Like, we're not ranking just by division. So that, that certainly does. But if you have a guy that's extremely dominant in, in a pretty much a single division, like a, a Christian, I mean, he, he dabbled a couple matches in CO last year, but basically he shot open his, his whole career. Uh if they're extremely dominant, then yeah, they can they can still be considered the best shooter in USPSA uh, for sure. Um, or Max, and people will say, well, Max only shoots carry optics, and for really good professional reasons, he shoots carry optics. His employer wants him shooting carry optics, and so he does. But six out of ten years, from 2004 to 2014, he won every Open Nationals. Right. Yeah, Max has proven himself in Open. Uh, there's... Yeah, there's no and there's no doubt that if he picked up an open gun, he would be shortlisted on anyone who's sort of paying attention. Um, well, yeah, open as well. Yeah, I mean, he's area six. He's what, 96 percent of the open winner with a carry optics gun or something like that. Uh, it's it's extremely high up there. It's he's not far off. Uh, he I think he's even won a few big matches. He's won a couple area matches shooting carry optics. Right. Right. So, yeah, there's there's no question when somebody's shooting like that that you give him an open gun, uh he'd have no problem <laughs> problem going back and uh being one of the best shooters in the country shooting an open gun as well. Um you know, and and how we weight like history versus current performance, uh you know, like all that's tough. Uh, it's just it's that's why it's I think that's why it's neat because it's it's just kind of a personal preference, it's a sense of who do I think it is? And that's debatable. And that's the point. Like it's not an ELO ranking. It's not, yeah, we can just look at match results and well, Jacob beat Nils and Nils beat Max at area six. So then we have to rank it Jacob Nils Max. I mean, the rankings did end up being that, but that wasn't, there was more that went into it than that. Uh, so Anyway, that's the power rankings. And it gives you something that, you know, it gives me something to follow along at home. 
I I watch match results roll in pretty much every weekend, which is a little bit artistic of me, and I recognize that because I watch major <laughs> matches roll in, but I also watch locals. Um, like Saturday evening, like as I'm getting ready for bed, I sort of you know select the filter on practice score for USPSA matches, and I click on every match where I know somebody shoots at that um, club. Wow! And then I sort of see how people are doing. And then when I see their name show up at majors, it makes sense. I'm like, yeah, this, you know, this guy's been winning locals for six months and now he's third, you know, and limited at a, at a big match. And it's not a surprise. This is why I brought potato on for, uh, yeah. to be part of the power rankings. <laughs> I'm not going that deep. I'm not, I'm not, uh, scouting people's it's, local it's matches. It's leftover from watching sports. I used to be really into soccer. And if you're into soccer, mm -hmm. like there's four big European leagues. So there's 24 games on Saturday. You can't watch them all. So what do you do? You like scroll through the results and you sort of look at, you know, you try and interpret what happened in games you didn't watch. Um, yeah. I treat USPSA like that. No, I, I love it. Uh, hmm. And practice scores made that a little bit easier to be able to do that. Way easier. All right, so we had a question. I'm trying to find it from B. Heller. Jeff, do you have his question? It, it kind of played into the power rankings anyway. Uh, I don't have it up right here. I'll find it. Yeah, so, okay, here it is. You ready? Let me read it. Yep. Yep. Okay. So it says, not that it's super relevant to me. All right. Let's skip this part. So it's since you've been breaking down, you. <laughs> since you've been uh, breaking down top shooters, I'd be interested in what separates Nils and Christian Sailor from Siler from the right on the edge of the top guys shooting 95% to pulling off random wins to the GMs that are close, but haven't won like Tanfield, Timmy, Lane, Lane Grease and types and then new GMs. So he's kind of asking like tiers of top shooters and like what separates them? What, what makes the very top tier, the guys that are multi-time national champions, what separates them from maybe the guys that have one national champion or have come in second place a whole lot of times. And then what separates them from, uh, you know, podcast GMs guys that have won a lot of like <laughs> sections and some area matches. Um, so they're like decent GMs and then what separates them from GMs, but they're GMs that maybe aren't winning any, any sort of titles or anything like that. Right. I don't know anybody like that. <laughs> I don't either. I mean, so what separates the the Jake? I mean, basically, like our top seven, right? Like there, there is a, a pretty clear break from our top seven and and the guys below that. What what makes the difference there? Uh, that's a good question. What do you think, Jeff? I mean, the first thing that comes to mind. Uh, for like separating lower tiers from like people who are new GMs or GMs who haven't won a lot of matches 
to GMs who have won more matches and uh, maybe just like slightly above that, like that group there, like I almost think it's almost just consistency that separates uh, those people. Um, Because, I mean, I see a lot of people shooting that I beat a lot of times that can shoot better than me. And, like, if we practice together, like, they'd mop the floor with me. But at a match, I'm able to be more consistent and so I can win. So I think on those lower tiers, consistency plays a huge role in in how things lay out because you have to be super consistent to win matches. How high up do you think that goes? Um, I really... I really, it, I mean, it depends on the division. If you're, if you're going to talk about like placements, right? Like top five or something. Uh, because single stack, there's, there's not as many shooters, right? So I could say, well, the top three are, are maybe like a, a different, a different category or something like that. But in carry optics, it could be, you know, top 12 could be that next tier. Um, So, yeah, I mean, we could say percentage-wise, and the 95% might be a good number. Like, say, less than 90, less than 95%, uh, but still GM. Maybe consistency plays a larger role, and above that, uh, it, it starts getting more, uh, more technical, I guess, more ability-based. I think different factors come in. I'm not sure what all of them are. So, I mean, I think, I think the top guys, there, I think there's several things that happen for those, the guys at the very top, uh, because you do see a, uh, was it Miriam Brantley that was like fourth or fifth at CO Nats last year? Brantley Miriam. Yeah. Or, I'm sorry. I want to call him Miriam Brantley. Brantley Miriam. Uh, even though he was, I had I had him on my list. I'm still getting his name backwards because it's it's on practice score. The uh, backwards. There's that whole comma thing. Um, but you know, you have a guy like that. Like he's he's capable of of getting in that that top five percent in that. You know, he's top five uh, and within the ninety five percent. But then you also see a match where he finishes in the eighty percentile. Uh, you know, so like there, there's that aspect of it, which speaks to what Jeff's talking about. Um, but the top, top guys, they're competing from a strategic standpoint. Like they, they, they have a different gear than most people. And then most people, they go to a match and like they're every stage they're, they're almost just trying to match. They're just trying to shoot like the best that they can shoot on that stage right the guys at the top they have a different gear where they're like no i'm i'm shooting this fast enough to accomplish what i need to do on this stage without taking any extra risk and you know the guys that aren't at that top they they may want or they may try to do that but very rarely do they have the actual control and the ability of their shooting to actually be able to do that Right. Uh, so I, I think that's that's part of it is that they they have a, a different gear than most people and they can control which gear they like. They make a decision 
on how hard they're going to go ahead of time. Um, that, that leads into their consistency. They're also, they're, they're better at competing. Like they're just better competitors. Uh, and, and what, what, why are they better competitors? That's, I mean, that's a great question almost no matter what, like it doesn't matter what you're in, whether you're in golf or you're in tennis or, or basketball or whatever, like some people are just better competitors. And why is that the case? I don't know, but they usually end up at the top. If they're willing to put any sort of effort into it, the people who are better competitors end up at the top. And, and, you know, a guy like Jacob Hetherington who has all the skill set in the world, uh, and he's and he's still learning how to compete. I think that's what's that's what's crazy about Jacob. He's still learning how to compete, but he he competes very 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 well. Uh, I, I like to put math to exactly what you're saying, and you'll see like mm -hmm. a lot of times people winning big matches. Not not always, but a lot of times the person winning the big match, their two or three off stages will be in the 80s, right? Correct. Mm -hmm. Everything else is 90s up to stage wins. Yep. Jacob wins matches, including area six with the stage at 67% and another stage at 75% because he wins six other stages. Yeah. Which makes it seem a little bit like he's taking on mm. additional risk and kind of going flat out, but has enough skill to sort of tank the damage that that yeah. additional risk uh, brings out. Yeah, I, I mean, a lot I, of other people competing directly with him aren't going to use that top gear basically ever, unless they come down to one or two stages and they, right. there's a point gap they want to to cover. Yeah, I mean, Nils has won. I'm pretty sure he's. I know he's won at least one, but I'm pretty sure he's run multiple nationals, never winning a stage. Right, uh, and that's like Nils. Nils is Nils is kind of, in my opinion, Nils is kind of uh, Nils would. Jessica, you can tell Nils this and it'll be funny. Nils has kind of taken uh, Ben's place a little bit in that regard. Right? Like, that's, ben, that's like a yeah, like, stagger move. Like uh like their their shooting styles are like they shoot very differently, like as far as like how they move, how they shoot and stuff like that. Like I I see them very visually different, but how they compete at a nationals and how they win a nationals are yeah. are fairly similar. Uh in that like they they don't take any extra risk and they generally wait for their competitors to screw up and they're just good enough, just fast enough that their competitors will screw up. And then, yeah, last day, if they need to make up some points, they have another gear that they can get to. Uh, but and, and I've heard other top shooters, including yeah. on this very podcast, when you had Mason Lane on a couple of years ago, he talked about not wanting to have an additional gear and he claims not to have one. I don't believe him. Um, but if that's important for him to tell that story, he doesn't have an, an unused gear and he wants to win walking. He just wants to get better at shooting every year. He can show up at a match, just shoot his game, not have to think about anything. And that performance will automatically be the winning performance. Just be so good that you don't have to try. Yeah, and I don't buy the Mason not have another gear because I I specifically remember a Nationals. I think it was two years ago. Uh, I don't remember which division. Probably production. Um, and the the Super Squad's last stage was actually a strong hand only stage, 
and he was like he was like 35 points down or something like that and and he just went ape nuts on this this weekend only stage and he almost freaking won the match like he i mean he ended up having he ended up having i i think one or two mics on it i don't remember exactly he he had a couple but if he had if he had got charlie's on i think on those that he missed on like he would have won the match like on a on a very short a very small stand and shoot weekend only or weekend only was part of it it was kind of a standard stage uh he could have he almost won the match on it so there is another gear there for Mason. Uh, he just uh, right. I, I I get I get his sentiment, but he does have another gear if he if he wants to. And so like talked uh, about this before too is in practice, and someone in your your Discord was saying this today. If you see Ben, you know Steger practicing, he can do things you never ever will see him do at a match ever. Yeah, in terms of raw aggression. And most of the yeah. time in practice, they work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and Versus, Ben was probably for me on my match day. That's pretty much all I've got. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think Ben was, if I want to do better, I got to get better. Yeah. I, I think Ben was maybe the best our sport has seen in being able to control like throttle control. Uh, like just be in control of what he can and can't do. I, I think he's maybe one of the best our sports had uh, from that regard. I watched regard. A, a talk through of U.S. Uh, IPSC Nationals from 2019 that he did, and he was he got an early point lead, and then he's like, I'm just going to coast. And he's like, so on this stage, I just completely coasted. And you look at it, and he was 99.67% on it. And he <laughs> right. said, all right. And then I got to this stage, and I knew the match was done, so I decided to express myself. And he put like 12% <laughs> on the next person. <laughs> That sounds sounds about right. Uh, yeah, like and if you have that choice to be like, you know what, I'm not going to let anybody score on this stage. Start with a nine. Yeah, like so, so few people can do that. I mean, Eric Grafell, right? Uh, which he's not on our list because he's not he he's not American. He doesn't shoot USPSA, so he's not on our Although list. He's and he won would five out of 144 of our nationals. Yeah, I mean, he would he would just always be at the top of the list, like. So it's almost yeah. no point in having Eric. Everybody else would just start at second. Um, even Nils after last year, everybody would start at second. Um, so yeah, you know, like the that question it brings up. I've said this before. It brings up the the comment the the gap from making GM to winning nationals, yeah. or even being the conversation when nationals is as large as the gap from Delta to GM from D D class to GM. Like that's, that's how wide that gap is. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. And Jeff, yeah, you were right there. I think uh-huh. you'll be there again. I really do. Hey, we'll see, man. We'll see. No, I, I, I'm not being sarcastic. I'm not Jeremy. <laughs> I am usually sarcastic, but in this particular instance, I'm not being sarcastic. I think you'll be there again. Hey, I'm going to win. I'm going to win every match I shoot this year. So that's good luck, buddy. Good luck. Every match, every match. And wasn't uh, Jacob's very first nationals a single stack? The one, yeah, he won single stack nationals. 
that was the one that my buddy Bob, I thought he had won. Because uh, Bob actually had a was I think leading going to the either last stage or second to last stage, and this was when it was in Passa, and Jacob just he murdered him on a steel stage, like everybody, like I mean he put just a massive because it was it was Bob and Nils, like they were one two, and Jacob really wasn't there, and then all of a sudden this is you know this is not when you were getting competitor apps and you were getting updates i was like i'm I'm like sitting there bob's about to win this match bob's about to win this match because i had shot it you know you that was when you shot it all one day and you went home and i shot yeah. on friday and they were shooting uh the other day and i was just i was so excited bob's gonna win this bob's gonna he's gonna beat freaking nils and then you finally get scores updated and freaking Jacob won. It's like, where did this kid come from? I mean, I knew of Jacob, but it, like, like where did he even come from in the results? And yeah, he just, he just absolutely ripped the last stage or last two stages of that match. I don't think he's shot single stack since then either. Not in a match. I don't think. Uh, Not not nationals because it hasn't been it hasn't been hasn't been that same setup i think that was the last one at pasa hmm. if i'm remembering that correctly i think that was the last match at pasa there was there was uspsa nationals they had a couple pasa single stack classics after that but yeah. it didn't have the uspsa nationals attached to it yeah yeah so on the question jeremy you said the people at the very top they are phenomenal competitors they have gears other people don't have what else uh, i mean the consistency uh you know you don't you generally don't see them like tank stages uh you know like those guys what they what they do in the short time we've kind of talked uh like what they do as an overall match but what they do in the short term like you'll see a guy like nils like a dave savigny like guys like that you'll see them shoot a stage and they'll you'll see them make a mistake like you see other people make like they shoot themselves into a standing reload right or they they have several pickup shots on steel or something like that like man this stage is not going well for them and then you get the state the scores from that stage and it's like 85 or 90 percent and they're still like they only gave up like a second and a half. Uh, Last year they, at production nationals, Nils sent four rounds at a piece of steel and connected with it on the fifth. And again, it's like a ninety percent stage. Yeah, it, like, me, like that's where I go off the rails, and I, if I find my way back on, it, it you know seven or eight seconds all told. Right, like their their seemingly ability, the, the guys that are really really at the top, their seemingly ability to make mistakes and then forget about those mistakes or just not compound those mistakes in real time is, is different because yeah, like I, I make a mistake like that. And all of a sudden I'm like three, four or five seconds off on a stage because like that, it's like, Oh, this is going bad. And you don't mentally give up, but it's just like, it's just going bad and you just can't correct it. You can't get the, get it back on the, the train back on the tracks. And they seem to when they make mistakes, they just make mistakes faster, uh, and it just doesn't hurt them nearly as bad. I like that make mistakes faster. And really, that's going to be a thing. I'm going to keep making mistakes, but I'm going to make them faster. I mean, like yeah, you, sure. you, 
you see a lot of those guys shoot and they it, they're not shooting perfectly like they're not mistake free because almost any of those guys if they shoot a stage mistake free they'll win that stage so any stage that they're not winning they probably had some sort of screw up on of some kind they just did it faster than than everybody that didn't win the stage yeah So I, I do think that's how do you train that? Like how do you like how do you train like to recover from mistakes better? I, I don't know. Shoot more matches. Like I, I don't I don't know. Compete more. Like spend more time competing. That that's that's as I good as I can. Also, you can also like work through your mistakes. Like when you're when you're practicing and whatnot. Like you. You screw up and do an extra reload or, or you go to war on steel or you miss a reload or something like that. Something that gets you, you frazzled or you slip, right? Maybe you slip mm-hmm. and miss your footing. Like finish finish what you were going to do. Work work through it. I mean, that's one way you can practice it. Yeah. No, that's that's fair. And if you're like if you're doing multiple runs on a on a stage or a drill or setup and you have a screw up like so as soon as you have that mess up, your goal is, okay, how close can I get to my fastest time with this mess up in here? Uh, that's, that's something I should do better at in practice. It's funny that you say fastest time, because if I'm training and I make a mistake, I'm not thinking, how can I get as close to my fastest time? I'm thinking afterwards, how cleanly can I execute what I wanted to be doing? Like how... How beautifully, like, can I get back on plan? And if I get back on plan, I'm not even going to look at the timer. If there's, like, I slipped and I fell or I completely dropped the magazine on the reload or whatever it was, I'm not going to look at the timer because I don't care, right? Like, that run doesn't count. But I'm going to think afterwards, how well did everything after that, once I got a magazine seated in the gun, how smoothly did everything run? And if it ran smoothly, I'm going to feel pretty good about it. Yeah, and I... Yeah, now that you say that, the way I said it, I didn't. I didn't necessarily mean to say that after you make the mistake that you try to make up that time for the rest of the stage, right? Like that's that's actually where people, where the not good shooters screw up more, is they try to they try to make up for their lost time. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. What Potato was saying is what I mean more. Like right, like you make a big mistake and you 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 screw up in two ways after that. You either give up and you just start going slower and you just make more and more mistakes or you try to make up for lost time. And then you start shooting frantic and your goblin uh, goes off inside. And or the worst thing in the world, when the person gives up and they decide to finish the stage one handed, and I've seen surprisingly good shooters do this and then it go wrong. Oh yeah. They're like, Oh my goodness. I give up. Right. And so they're like, so then they just take the last two shots of the piece of the steel strong hand only and miss, miss. I don't know how many times I've seen Phil Strader do that. <laughs> it's oh, weird yeah, that switch, that's where your brain switch went. to the weekend. Yeah, it's, it's shocking that that's where where I would have thought of. Uh, and like when it comes off, like yeah, he gets to walk away. Like, see, look, I can do it one handed. And when it mm-hmm. doesn't, man, it's just like watching uh, uh, figure skaters fall. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh yeah. Phil Strader in a tutu. Yeah. (laughs) That's good. All right. Well, 
That was a good chat. I, I think hopefully we answered uh, Heller's question. Yeah, on that. I think so. Um, let's go ahead and give our shout outs and, and whatnot. So Discord shout out from our second tier Patreon coming at you from Jay Headland shooting. Shout out to all USPSA members to vote in their respective elections and presidential elections and be a part of the solution and not the status quo. Area elections and presidential elections. So yeah, get out, vote. We're probably going to do, I say probably, we might do interviews. Uh, (laughs) We were, we were discussing it beforehand. We'll see, we'll see what happens. Those things are not terribly fun. but maybe we'll get Jeremy to spice one of them up. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> see what we can do. Yeah. Uh, also, today's episode is, again, brought to you by Shooters Connection. So we really appreciate their support, continued support for the podcast and the shooting sports. They sponsor a lot of matches uh, throughout the country. So please use the link in the description to support the podcast, support Shooters Connection. They are run by competitive shooters. They are doing same-day shipping for you guys, getting what you need quickly. And uh, so be sure to support them if you want to support the podcast and the sport. So thank you, Shooters Connection. And, oh yeah, uh, Discord link is the patreon link in the description if you want access to the discord it's two tiers there's first tier which is just access to the discord second tier is shout out tier you're in the shout out as well as you can hop in while we're recording live and you can jump into the chat and throw comments up there and everything so like if you were hand bubbling for instance if you were working on a slide or a frame you could yeah. do that while you, you while you listen. You could, yeah, <laughs> you could make comments about Jeremy's mustache and and whatever have you. Oh, we also got a potato for president in here, or presidente. Yeah, yeah, I, eh, I think it's eh. for presidente. <laughs> what are, what are the changes to that? Beer. <laughs> Uh, Potato's going to run for Area 7 in the next Area 7 election. We're going to push him into that. Uh, I would prefer not to, sir. (laughs) That's okay. Yeah, You don't care if you want to. This is more of a... Was it the Romans that would... uh, That would, like... They would force somebody to be uh, Caesar, right? Am I I thinking... Am I running this correctly? Like, like originally in the Romans, like, it wasn't... uh, because they they wanted people who didn't want to be in that position, so they would force somebody to be in it. Am I remembering this correctly? Probably not. Jeff, I'm looking to you as the historian. I thought Potato was shaking his head like I got this right. But There's a history on, buff out there. Yeah, based on Jeremy's track record, I'm, I'm going to bet he's wrong on this one. But he could be right. Well, just put it in Rocky movie terms, and then yeah. we can be sure he's wrong. Occasionally, so occasionally where, what is, was this more. the Apollo Creed? The Romans used to have to take the Apollo Creed. Oh okay. no, this is right. definitely this definitely would have been right. with the Russians. <laughs> God. 
definitely would have been something with the Russians in in Rocky Two. And that was that was Rocky One, right? No, no, the Russian wasn't Rocky One. Ro- Rocky tell us, One. Tell us what it was, Jeremy. <laughs> has to have been has to have been number two. Uh, okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> all right thank you everybody for listening hope you enjoyed it uh again if you have comments uh or complaints about the uh the power rankings or things we got wrong or people we missed let us know we're happy to hear about that uh, i'm happy to have you argue with me and uh practice hard keep shooting keep training and uh let's get some let's get some new names in the top seven this year so you guys need to train up uh and let's bust through that top seven and break that open Talking to you, uh, Joey Sauerland. That's right. And you, uh, you need Scott a, Brown. You need like a, an end of podcast catchphrase or something, you know? Like Cody always had, uh, don't shoot like a coward, right? You need, you need and you used like to have something about like, we're going to cut it off here, but it was not. Oh, yeah. Let's, yeah, let's pinch it off. Let's pinch it off here. Oh, gosh. That was the worst. No, I don't, I don't it like really that. It was, man. It was always, yeah. So we should start that back up for sure then. No, we can't do that. Uh, I'll try to come up with something that's, uh, that's somewhat like if I think of something like, don't shoot like a coward, that makes me want to say something that's not appropriate to say. So we'll have to come up with something. But for now, uh we'll just pinch it off 